Welcome to the Profitable Cleaner Podcast. Join your hosts, James Harper and Angel Sandoval, bringing you the experts, discussions, and knowledge you want. We talk about sales, technology, marketing, operations, strategy, leadership, mindset, health, God, and so much more. Now, are you ready to profit? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Profitable Cleaner. Today, we have an awesome guest, as we've been telling you. Uh, to start off these episodes, we're going to start bringing you both speakers and our roundtable leaders. And today, we get the honor of introducing a roundtable leader that's going to be talking about accessing to funding, credit, anything that, that you need to be able to grow your business. So today, we get Ellie Stanley, Senior Vice President of Business Community Banking down at Vectra Bank. Ellie, bienvenida al podcast. How are oh, you? Oh, gracias. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. James, how you doing, brother? Nice to see you again. Uh, I'm doing really good, man, and I'm super excited for today's show. Um, I'm always excited for roundtable leaders that we're interviewing, but I had the chance to meet with Ellie a few weeks ago and and just had such a wonderful conversation. I think there's energy givers and energy takers in every conversation you have. And I left that conversation, Ellie, with you last time. Like you, you gave me energy, which I'm so excited for the knowledge and energy and just, and information you're going to provide everyone at our event in September. So we're, we're honored to have you. Thank you so much for, for being with us today. Thank you. For those that don't know you, 30 second spiel, who's Ellie Stanley? Let them know. Oh, Ellie Stanley, I'm the director of business banking here at Vector Bank. I've been here for about nine and a half years. I've been in Colorado, I think, long enough to say I'm from here at this point. I have been here since fifth grade, so I feel like a local. Um, we expand. We're a sister company of Zion's Bank Corp. And so we expand to the different uh, affiliates that we have across California, Texas, Arizona, Utah, uh, Colorado, a little part of New Mexico. Um, so I'm here to answer questions. I've been in business banking. It's it's my passion. It's what I do. I love to serve the customer and the business owner. And so, yeah, I'm excited to help you out. Happy to be here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll kick us off if that's cool with you, James. Um, totally. What are like three myths or three, yeah, three myths that people have about banking and uh, regional banking? Because I'll be honest, even myself, I, you know, I always... I'm Mexican, so like, you know, put the money in the mattress and yes. put it anywhere except the bank. And then when I finally said, no, I need to put it in a bank, I started using Chase and stuff. Nothing against national, like big, big corporations, but there is a beauty to uh, to regionals, right? And so mm -hmm. my question to you is, what are some myths that people might have right now so we can just attack those? Well, I think right now the volatility of the banking industry and regional banks is on the forefront. And I think that it's okay for people to um, be alarmed, but not be scared. I think the media has a lot to do with what the sky is falling. I think that we've been through some of these cycles before. Um, I, I laugh because I have some bankers who are just new to banking, and this is the first time that they've been in any sort of volatility of the bank. And then I have bankers that are seasoned that have been here for a long time and have been through, you know, 2008, which was one recession. And then I go back to um, Y2K, 1999, the calendar wasn't going to click over and everybody's banking was going to be gone and their money was going to evaporate and fill the bathtub up with all the hot water. Like, <laughs> so we've been through some things a little bit, right? And so I would just say that this is definitely a time 
um, trust your partner, trust your bank, the environment that we're in. Um, you don't have to hide your money in the mattress. That's scary, um, but we're here to help and um, bring you along the way. I think that a regional bank gives you that point of contact to be able to deal with people. I think that the more technologically savvy that we become, the more businesses want to deal with business owners, business bankers, people connecting with people, not a 1-800 number, not getting lost in the shuffle, at the same time progressing with the technology. So there's this weird um, connection that we have to make and balance that out. But bankers are, I, oh, it's bad, but I think like the big hairy or whatever, white guy in the suit that can't relate to me and I need to, you know, this is what we look like now, here I am, you know, and uh, so we're more approachable and it's okay to ask questions and no one's gonna steal or take from you or steer you in the wrong direction. You just gotta connect with the right people. I mean, I, I think what you yeah. just said right there is like just most people are even, don't even understand how to walk in. Even to the point where if you like, I know a lot of businesses that need loans, for example, specifically on industry, like you get this big account. Oh, now you need vacuum backpacks. Now you need big equipment. Now you need mm -hmm. payroll. Now you need to be, mm -hmm. cause you got net thirties, net sixties, you know, mm -hmm. on the mm -hmm. payment. Now you need to have some bank, yeah. some cash mm -hmm. in the bank, some loans. Like, uh, so the fact that you, again, bankers should be, or are more approachable now, quote unquote, mm -hmm. right? I think you're right. I think we still think that bank equates to bad or, mm -hmm. or something like that. Let, let mm -hmm. me ask you a quick question. How does someone listening to this that might want funding, how do they start noticing one, if they need it? And two, mm -hmm. how do I prepare myself yeah. to make sure I get funding? Cause I'm sure if I just show up and tell you I need 300,000, no, no, no. There's, a, there's actually a process, you, right? Yeah, then I tell you no, and then you get mad at me and say, see, I hate banks. That's the yeah, problem, there you go. right? There you and go. so you're yeah. like, no, like, <laughs> it, starts, it starts in the beginning, right? It starts, so I have been in the banking long enough to do, I work with startups right out of registering your business name with the Secretary of State, get it registered moving forward to the large companies that have sold now for you know 60 million dollars so i've done everything kind of in between but it's one thing to be bankable and then it's another thing to be lendable right and what does that Ooh. what does that look like so anymore the banker the accountant the cpa the tax advisor and or depending on your complexity the attorney is all sitting at the table at the same time because there are things that we need them we have um, our accountants and we love them and our cpas our tax advisors they're great but as a business owner they set you up so that you don't have to pay taxes right you don't want to show the income you don't want to show the gains you don't want to show that you're making money because then god forbid uncle sam comes in 38 percent tax bracket ah, nobody wants to do that so they're our friends and we love that. But the problem is then you come into a bank and you say, I need a $300,000 loan and you show me your financials and I say, you don't make any money. And you go, yes, I do. I'm a business owner. I have all these vacuums. Yeah. I have all these corporate accounts. I have all these commercial. Of course I make money. I said, yes, but your accountant doesn't show that you make money or what we like to call a net profit, right? And so whatever you're making at the beginning, minus your expenses, my uh, plus your retention, is your net profit down there at the bottom. And that's the number that I need to be able to show that you can pay a loan. That's in kind of like basic layman's terms. But so 
where I come in is helping you from the beginning to get you going so that when you do come to me, we don't just throw spaghetti on the wall and go yes or no, but you want to know the why behind it, the how, how do I get there? I want to buy a building in two years. I want to, I want to, I want to, and then we keep growing from there. Man, I think there's so much to unpack there and I think there's so much value there. So I'm going to start with my original question I had before that answer. And then I guess I have a question based upon what you just said. Mm -hmm. So I love the term you just used. Is your business bankable or is it lendable? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have a question about that. But mm -hmm. before that question, I'm curious, like high level, how you see businesses use a, a bank relationship or a banker, let's call mm -hmm. it for mm -hmm. business growth. Like, so we use our, we use our CPA, as an asset to save us money, right? We mm -hmm. use our marketing company to help us grow our business. Mm -hmm. I, I've been in business for 10 years and I've actually, and maybe this is ignorant of me, but it's just honest. I've never used a bank as an asset to help grow my mm -hmm. business. What are some ways someone listening to here is like, I don't have that relationship with my bank. Mm -hmm. How, how could I develop that or why should I? And how, how do you guys input yourself to like help them with growth? Yeah. And so the basic point of where you start, it would be like a line of credit. Sometimes you start a business, um, a business credit card. I think I had mentioned that earlier when we were talking offline, but um, a business credit card gets you started because when a business is just starting and doesn't have any credit, it's your personal name, your personal credit, your personal background that is kind of backing. And so when they say no credit is good credit, that's kind of the first step of establishing business credit because you don't have historical financials. You don't have a huge business plan for projections for two months out. And so here you are, I pay my car payment, I paid my mortgage, I paid my rent, I stand alone. And so a business credit card, because it's unsecured and it's higher interest rates, it's usually you can get your hand on a gas card, you can get your hand on some sort of visa, high yeah. yielding credit card. That's usually where a business will start. When you want to look for that growth trajectory, we're looking at increasing cash flow, right? So now to um, your point on head before, where you've got 30, 60, 90 days in paying and revolving and what your ARs and your receivables are coming in, you're like, well, how do I make payroll in 30 days if this client isn't going to pay me until the job is complete? And so then I don't get that income until mm -hmm. 60 days, but I got to keep the cycle going. So that's where a revolving line of credit usually comes in. And we establish together with the business owner what that looks like. I think we always go big or go home, right? Let's knock it out of the park. I'm going to ask for 500000 And I'm like, no, no, you only gross $100,000. What are you going to do with a $500,000 line of credit? So then we back into that on what that looks like. Maybe a $25,000 line of credit looks more realistic when you make $100,000. Maybe a $100,000 line of credit looks more realistic when you make $250,000 and you go up for there, from there, so on and so forth. But we just back into that number. Then what happens is the exposure amount when you're looking at a bank to underwrite it, it looks like if you have a credit card for 15,000, a line of credit for 50,000, a car payment for this, if you were to maximize on the exposure of all of those, can you support that debt with the income that you're bringing in if you're making all those payments? So if everyone, if anyone has ever experienced where if you're buying a home, let's just say, um, and they tell you, you have to close this credit card, you have to close that down in order to qualify for this larger piece of the pie. It's because they have to underwrite it too. If you were to go and maximize on all levels, 
could you actually support this mortgage payment on its own, right? And so that's kind of, you, we back into the number and then try and grow from there. But you would utilize it, James, to your point on increasing the cash flow, keeping your cash on hand so that you have some liquidity, right? Because if yeah. the you if you have to make an insurance claim and the water heater goes out and you have a $5,000 deductible cash on hand, you want that. And so then you use the bank to help you retain your money and to help you grow and keep the business cycle going. Well, I think like what you just said right there. So like if I'm a business owner right now listening to this, I'm like, huh, so revolving line of credit. Interesting. So it's not a revolving line of credit. I think some people think of credit, use it when you don't have money, right? Like when you can't pay it with your cash, but it's actually like if my payroll is $20,000 a month mm -hmm. and I know that that's my payroll and I know my client, um, I get paid right after that or right before that, I could use my revolving line of credit just to be safe in case, God forbid, something goes down that mm -hmm. I can't then make mm -hmm. up my payroll, right? But you almost, mm -hmm. it's almost like how you should use a personal credit card, right? Where you're like, exactly. use it, pay it off, use it, pay it off. Is that the same idea with revolving line of credit so that you could basically like keep the, like you said, keep cash in hand instead yep. of always using cash to do everything and then you just supplement it? Yeah, you're spot on, 100%, Angel. See, look at this tutorial. It's already working. Well, so I'm, it's I'm like, over here thinking like, yeah. why don't I have a revolving line a of line, credit? A line of credit. Payroll. And so that's exactly, it's for that. Keep the business going. Payroll is on the 15th. You don't get paid until the 30th. Pay the payroll. You get paid. Pay that line of credit down. And it's exactly for that nature. Where we get caught up and we get stuck is that we end up using a long-term, we end up using a line of credit for long-term assets versus short-term revolving and so a business owner will say oh mm -hmm. i've got a revolving line of credit because maybe the payment structure is a little different since it's interest only and then they use that revolving line of credit to purchase a tractor or to purchase the vacuums or whatever to your point that you said the truck and now you have a loan on the line of credit that you need to pay principal and interest to mm -hmm. and revolve it to keep it going and so then you're not using the line of credit accordingly you want to keep those separate if you need a term loan over here five years the same way you would buy a car a five-year 60-month term principal and interest payments we use that for long-term assets versus the revolving is for short-term funds and cycling i just want to go go find a way to do business um interesting so that's the kind of the value of banking right like so i can come to you and say look um ellie this is my my projections Walk us through the checklist that I bring you because I'm about to, I think I'm about to hit on a few, but I'm assuming I would bring like, these are my projections. This is what yep. we did for 20, probably my last two years of what I've been doing, if I have mm -hmm. any, right? Mm -hmm. And then contracts that I have, mm -hmm. things that like I can prepare to let you guys know like, hey, look, money's coming in, mm -hmm. there's so much is coming out, and this is what, do you guys then strategize with us to figure out what we need or do I come and put in a request for what I need? How, what does that usually look both. like? There's there's both. And so it just depends on that benchmark, right? So any business, the first two years are the most important. And that's kind of like the the mark of the mark, the stamp that you need, right? If your business makes it after two years, then you've kind of gone through your business cycle because those first two years, that first year, number one, but then making it through the second year and hitting gold basically, right, is where we like to usually see two years in history. Now that said, that's for conventional lending financing. And so with that, then we do look at your historical financials. So that's whether it's your QuickBooks that you're keeping a tally on. Um, we have a PL and balance sheet usually once you're 
starting to make some money and things. And that just shows your expenses, your liabilities, your assets, your profit, right? And then, so then that balances in and of itself. So the two-year mark is kind of like the sweet spot of conventional lending, or if we're going to use the, um, the Small Business Administration, so the SBA, which is kind of like government-backed funding, it's more of like an insurance cushion for the bank. They feel safe, we feel safe, let's partner together in the event of default, right? So a bank credit officer and risk officer is gonna look at doomsday, where me up front, I'm looking at, they're great, I wanna open up the ice cream shop with them. You know, like this is good, let's go sell donuts, right? Like this is what I wanna do. So there's a balance in that. If you're a first-time business owner, off, you know, you just registered, you're getting started, you're transitioning. Those are usually self-funded, like I said before, with like the credit card, or we have the SBA that lets you do startups. So in funding startups, you have a location or you need some working capital. That's where you come in with your business plan, your one year and your two year projections going forward. This is why I think you should lend to me. This is my the demographics of who I host, who I take care of. These are the business contracts. This is what I have on hand going forward. And so then we get the SBA to back it and we show them and we move forward. And it just depends on if we're at do we need 10,000? Do we need 25,000? Do we need 50,000? Are we buying a building? And so all of that we set up together. And that can be in the initial appointment. Tell me what I need to bring to you in six months so that I am lendable versus bankable. We like to see as a re regional bank, we like the relationship all in because then if you've got your business account with us, we see the assets that are coming in and then that helps your story and backs you up with Yep, he does deposit every month, every two weeks, every day. He closes this business. The merchant accounts, they accept Visa, that comes into the account. And we start seeing the cycle of your business to when all of a sudden you need a line of credit. We back it up and go, yeah, absolutely. They're lendable. This is what they have. Man, okay, there's a lot to unpack there. And I yeah. want to say, if, if you guys have questions right now, just listening, just remember, Ellie's going to be at our conference here in September. You guys are going to have full access to that round table. And I think it's a underrated topic just in business in general, but definitely uh, this industry. I mean, obviously I'm uneducated about this topic. I just want to sit at this round table uh, on a personal level. So if you guys have questions, definitely um, check out Ellie at that round table. My question is we talk about being bankable and lendable. I, I've never viewed businesses in that way. If someone's listening and they're like, okay, am I bankable or am I actually lendable? Like what's the threshold there? What's the differentiator? And, and just kind of walk us through those two definitions. Yeah. So bankable is I've got a business I'm established. I have an EIN number, secretary of state, which is separate from your social security number. And I've opened up an account and I'm starting to make deposits and I'm paying checks, I'm doing, you know, direct deposit, ACH, payment invoices. That's just having a bank account. So you're bankable. The bank's going to take your account. You're not asking for much. We're offering you a service and here we are, right? So that makes it to where you're going to keep things in line for your accountant or your CPA and say, this is, here you go. Here's my bank statements. Make it the tax, you know, the tax reporting, right? And so that is, that's the first stage um, where we see the difference is uh, small business owners and startups, they start doing everything just under their personal name and putting everything and what we call like commingling of the funds, right? So they just put everything in their personal account and they pay everything out of there and they don't separate the two 
and there's not clear swim lanes. So we don't know what's your spouse's income, what's the daycare, what's the actual business contract, what it's all just in one pot and they keep it simple, right? Instead of registering and separating the two. And then, so then once you get to that point in registering, you wanna keep it. Whether you're gonna put everything in the business account and transfer it to your personal account, great, by all means, do what you're gonna do. But at least there's a streamline of what's going in for the business, what's transferring, I pay myself, I have expenses, I do fuel, I do gas, I do whatever, all through the business and I transfer it to pay here. Um, the other avenue is like a single member uh, LLCs or sole proprietorships, they will set up, say, a savings account because they're 1099 and they don't pay taxes when they're or deduct for taxes. And so they take every check that comes in, they'll take 20%, 30% right off the top of it and then just put it in the savings account because at the end of the year, if they're going to owe taxes, then then they have this little nest egg that's already um, accumulating, you know, and building maybe some interest or whatever to pay your taxes at the end of the year. And so then as we start, that's just being bankable that you've got the debit card, you got a credit card, you're paying your bills, you're bankable. Now lendable is where you're like, what are you showing me with your profits? Where's your net income? Are we making money? Can I pay this loan is the difference between the two. All right. Hang with me for the next minute and a half we got a quick break here in the profitable cleaner because we're officially official it's like how i like to say it why because i get to take this break and introduce our sponsors first sponsors is usource so go to usource.com that's u-s-o-u-r-c-e.com this is a business management platform for facility services companies no more chaos unnecessary admin work or just having to consolidate information this is about you, you not being the source of information anymore and having a platform that can give you the accessibility, visibility, and control over your operation. So see more, do more, whether you're one employee or 3,000 employees, this is the platform for you. So check out our sponsor, usource.com. Our second sponsor, dayporter.com. They will help you with all your outbound, LinkedIn, email, call, and they're going to do it with a team from Latin America. So make sure that that you reach out to them, dayporter.com. They can help you hire your next superstar and give you the strategies to go book the walkthroughs that you're looking for. The th third one is going to be Melgar Consulting. That's alexmelgar.com. If you're hovering around the $5 million range and you're in the facility services industry, want to hit those 20, want to keep bumping your head and really want to scale, he is going to be able to consult and help you have the right foundation, the right structure, and the right strategies, and the right advisory and consulting to get you past those five to 20 million. So go to alexmelgard.com. And last but not least, our fourth sponsor, cleaningprofits.com. That is our annual event for facility services, CEO, executive teams, leadership teams. Bring them out. This is all about transformation. It's all about training. It's all about community. And it's held once a year this year, September 12th to the 14th. So thank you once again to all of our sponsors. And let's continue on to the show. I have a, I have a question. Um, so you, we keep talking about net profit. And obviously, mm -hmm. I mean, and I don't, I don't know if this is where, where, what, I wanna, where we want to take the conversation. But my brain goes here. So my, my brain is, okay, well, I don't want to pay taxes. Like, I don't want to. I want to pay yeah. taxes. I just don't want to pay that yeah. money taxes, right? I still want yeah. to be a good old pay citizen, you know, good old American mm -hmm. and pay my taxes because that's just mm -hmm. part of the system. But mm -hmm. I want to get tax credits. I want to try to move my money so that I can keep it versus the government. So here, mm -hmm. here, here's a question for you. 
we keep saying that in order to be lendable, net profit is one of the best mm -hmm. markers, right? Mm -hmm. One of the best metrics to follow. Mm -hmm. How do you balance the game between, well, my CPA wants me to have like this savings no account mm -hmm. and be prepared to taxes and make sure mm -hmm. that, that I don't, but then my tax guy is like, yo, let's get access to all these tax credits. How does the bank mm -hmm. play a role there? Do you guys guide mm -hmm. us well in maneuvering that relationship? Like, hey, mm -hmm. your net profit says 3% or how can I get it to say 10% but take tax credits mm -hmm. instead? Like, do you guys help mm -hmm. with that portion? Because I don't think there's a lot of education on the strategy no. of the maneuvering of finances for to still look bankable and lendable, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but still not have to pay an arm and a leg over here. Yeah. And so that's where that relationship is intricate, right? And what we do with the business owner, if I'm not talking to the accountant or the CPA. So in, in basic elementary school, my dear, right, is for every $2 that the business makes, do you save one? Do you spend all $2? Do you go into the red and you're negative $5? Or are you net zero? So your net profit, right, is this is what I make. This is what I spend. This is my take home the same way with our our payroll right this is our gross minus all of our benefits and health insurance you know taxes state all of that and then this is what i my take home is so the net profit is basically the take home of the business now if you want to see if you can afford the loan it's literally we it's usually it, we call it a 1.25 debt service and so then that's really getting into the weeds but a debt to income ratio is what most people are familiar with and so for every two dollars that you make do you save one that puts us immediately at a 50 percent debt service coverage right debt debt to income ratio so now can you with this one dollar afford the loan that you want over here to pay with that $1 and your living expenses that you don't account for on your day-to-day, -day, your, your, your grocery bill, your gas bill, your whatever, your, your cell phone bill. If can you pay that with your net proceeds, right? So then for every $2, did you save one or for every $3, did you save a dollar and a half for every $4, did you save three? And so now you're increasing that margin on what you have, to service the debt that you have. Quick, quick question, sorry. You keep saying groceries, you keep saying living expenses. Are mm -hmm. we talking about personal loans or are we talking about business loans? I'm mixing both, right? Because a okay, lot of people okay. can relate. A lot of people can relate to the personal side because that's what you've done. And so then when you do the business thinking, you have to, you take both into consideration. This is how it works on the personal side. And my business is different because I can expense everything on a business which shows me net negative right so if i make five dollars and i spend ten i'm negative five dollars but yeah. it works on a business because now i don't have to pay taxes because i'm negative right but when you bring me negative five dollars to a bank i go you don't have any money to support giving you a loan so that's where the happy medium comes out and so what we like to do is say as a business owner if you make $2, are you saving one? Gotcha. Period. If you make $4, are you saving two? That is a basic minimum of like a 50% debt to income ratio. Income you're bringing in, debt you're spending, the divisible gives you and, our 50%, right? And real quick, I'm just turning this mm -hmm. into a personal coaching session, I think. Um, so when you say like, <laughs> if you make two, are you saving one? Is that uh -huh. one a dollar that I'm saving so that I have it in savings or is this what I'm putting away to prepare myself for taxes? 
No, the dollar that you're saving is just your net income. So can you okay. support what you're asking One. me for in order to pay this loan? So gotcha. if, if we use larger numbers, so that's me just using basic, let, right? Let, so a, let's a say business that I have owner, 300 employees and I do 5 million a year. Like let's yeah. talk because the people going to the event, those are going to be yes. it, right? Like I want to talk to 10 million, yep. 20 million. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And so I can go that route too. So depending on if we're the startup and that's the difference of being bankable versus being vulnerable. So now I have the business owner who makes $11 million a year, $1 million a year, $15 million a year. They are the more sophisticated borrower and owner because they're probably already dealing with an accountant and a CPA. And so now it's just a matter of what they're showing in their net profits to be able to service the debt. We typically look at um, gross annual revenues for say a typical line of credit for a conventional lender. They've been in business more than two years. They know what they have going on. A line of credit for a conventional, traditional, in-business, um, uh, seasoned, let's say, a business owner usually runs about 12 to 15% of their gross annual revenues. So, you know, if they're making $100,000 a year, you know, GAR, a million dollars a year, we take um, 12 to 15% of their gross and we back into it and say that's a reasonable line of credit. But they have to be able to then support that with their net because they're gross and what they deduct in expenses. And if they don't show what their net is to be able to support a million dollar line of credit or a $500,000 line of credit to make that payment of uh, $100,000 line of credit is usually about a $3,000 payment amortization because the bank maxes it out as if you were to draw the whole 100,000 and they amortize it, which means the payment plan is of three years. So you have to be able to support a $3,000 debt payment on whatever your net income is. Am I getting a lot yeah, into the I weeds? Love, I love when we get to, into the weeds because now finally my brain officially plugged them all in together. Yeah. I love how you said it. If you make this much, we're looking at 10 to 15% of gross mm -hmm. and then you gotta mm -hmm. make sure you can show that you have enough profit not to, to pay it all off in one payment. year or two, but just to yeah. support the amortization of the loan. To mm -hmm. me, that that, that resonates makes a with lot. you. Yes, it, thank you. Also, thank again, you. you're an established it. business owner. You've been in business, you know, so you kind of know what you've been doing for a minute. And so then the, again, that's a very different conversation than talking to the startup owner. So there's yeah. there's the experience and the, runs the gamut of what I do, right? Because I need to know yeah. the audience, right? And so every business owner at the round table, it may be on different life cycles of their business. And then we're here to help with all those life cycles. Also to the point of conversion, where if you have a 100% business owner, God forbid, something happens to you, who's gonna run your business? Where, who's gonna get it? Does the business just go up in smoke? Who's the successor to your business owner? And we help with that planning as well. Really? Does that go mm -hmm. into succession planning? Is that what it is? Or is that something mm -hmm. separate? Yeah, it's okay. succession planning of your business. Who takes like over business. if you're 100% owner? Do you have, are you going to leave your debts to the people behind you that you've left behind? You know, do you have a life insurance policy that covers everything for your business? Not a life insurance policy that covers your, your home and your mortgage and your personal. Do you have a life insurance that covers your business in the event, God forbid, something happens? Who's going to cover all that? I have another question for James. James, have you have you ever thought about it like that? Um, I've ever, never like, actually for the business. Like I know I have my life insurance. Like if I die, my wife, I don't tell her the amount because then I have a feeling that yeah. Then then I all of a sudden we're like, what happened to yeah. him? 
We're not yeah, exactly. Where, <laughs> you know, no, they sent them back to Mexico. They just make, yeah, make, them dis make myself disappear like, over there. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm like, hey, buddy, I don't say those. But there yeah, you go. Sound effect. James, have you ever thought about the business part? I've never actually even heard of like life insurance for your business. So this is like a mm -hmm. educational session for me, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like I have all the personal umbrellas you can imagine, life insurance mm -hmm. you can imagine, all of that. Mm -hmm. I have, it's kind of funny. So I have like umbrellas on rental properties and things of mm -hmm. that nature. But when it mm -hmm. comes down to like our personal business that Angel and I do, no, I've never even, I've never even heard of that. So mm -hmm. if you're it's listening to this right now, it's it's called key man life insurance. And so key man life insurance is I'm the business owner. <laughs> I'm hundred percent. And if something, God forbid happens to me, who's covering the debts, who's covering, like, who do we put that? Who do we put that on? Partnerships is an equal, right? And so when we're setting these up, like I always, my disclaimer is I'm not a CPA and I don't play one on TV, but I've worked with enough of them to know a little bit about what the lingo is, right? So when you're setting up and establishing a business, you would work with your CPA and your accountant on how to register. Are you an LLC? Are you an S Corp? Are you a partnership? Are you a C Corp? And what that looks like, right? And so again, to your point, we have the business owner that's already established making his millions. Hopefully he already knows where he is, but that's the person where it's like, you've got this business that's running great. If God forbid something happens to you, then what? I guarantee you a lot of people listening to this have no clue that, that, that there's a thing like that. And, and this is not even succession planning. This is just ensuring that everything that you're doing, is going to stay afloat. To your business. When yeah. you leave. You've yeah. worked so hard. This is your life. Life. This is your bread and butter. This is so then what happens? Who takes on the burden or who takes on the greatness that's continued, right? Totally. Totally. I also want to like encourage people listening to like you might fit both categories in a way like I know for a fact. I we just know him personally and a piece of we're almost like a little bit of both too. like you might make good revenue and be a million dollar business and also know none of this and that's okay yeah. too that's why yeah. it's good it sounds like mm -hmm. to have a, an ellie there a vector mm -hmm. bank uh a, mm -hmm. a, just a banking relationship because i know that there's a lot of people here that do multiple million dollars in revenue because they're go-getters and they still might just be rocking it uh the, I'll, I'll call it the old school way or maybe yeah. they're just not as savvy as they should be just due to mm -hmm. lack of knowledge so mm -hmm. if, if that's you that's the reason why we want people access to people mm -hmm. like ellie so and that's okay talk. because i mean and then that's 100 okay right because i let's just say i i love donuts i eat donuts i like them with sprinkles but does that mean that i can be a donut owner does it mean that I'm the baker of donuts? Does that mean I have the artistic talent to create the donuts or the financial wherewithal, which is why you surround yourself with a team, your banker, your partner, your, you know, your CPA for them to the attorney, whatever, to help you make sure that you have that you're the nucleus. And then we build around you to make sure that you're running correctly, that you are paying your taxes, that you do have cash flow, that you do have succession life planning, like all the things that go into, because all I know is I do donuts very well, right? Everything else, figure it out. And we learned that with um, PPP, where business owners, the, uh, the SBA and the government would not deposit into the account unless the 
beneficiary, which is the, the account name, did not 100% match how they were registered with the Secretary of State. That means that we had a business owner that was saying, I am ABC doing business as, da, da, or I am ABC Corp, or am I ABC comma LLC? Am I uppercase? Am I lowercase? And they didn't know how they registered it because it happened so many years ago. I don't know. Somebody else tell me. And then you open up the account and you just, you just don't know what you don't know. And until we were there to figure it out, right, then it's like, oh, it is capital A lowercase LLC. And so there's things that business owners, we're off to the races, we're running, we're doing what we do, we do it well, everything is happening, we're doing great things. But then for somebody to sit down and say, you can add benefit, value, save money, save time, you don't do it the old school way. We've got payment processing. There's so many different things to do today for business owners that maybe you don't know is at your fingertips. I have two questions, and then I'm sure James has that. Uh, unless you have additional one, I know for a fact you're all set up over there. I have two questions. Um, uh, I'm scared to ask one because I have a feeling it'll take us on a tangent. But um, uh -oh. yeah, I know it's gonna be a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> I'm sure like some people right now. So I personally think, and and I know I'm a big big advocate of of like banking relationships and loans and revolving credit, like use what you got access to, especially if you work so hard on, on building the business that you have. Now, with mm -hmm. that being said, you got to be educated. That's why relationship works, because I could also see myself making a mess. Um, with that being said, here's a question. Let's say our business is going to do two million, two million bucks this year, right? Got good profit margins. We're good to go. Would you recommend, like, if you if you can, would you recommend get a revolving line of credit, get a line of credit and, and have everything prepared to get a loan regardless if you're going to take advantage would be my first question and then two mm -hmm. does that get impacted right now based on the recession that we're in so two prong right so the best time to ask the bank for money is when you don't need the money clue oh. in on that right that's, when that's, things a great, are going, that's the best way to answer that that's when things answer. are going good and you think you don't need it is when we're going to lend then you're going to come to me because you're like, I didn't need it. I didn't need it. And now the sky is falling. Um, a contract, you know, things are sitting out in those big old drones on the Atlantic Ocean and product isn't coming in. And I have yeah. contracts to make and I don't have my goods to sell and all of this stuff. So you're like, nobody's paying me because I don't have the product. I don't have the shipment. I don't have the material. I don't have the two by fours. I don't have the cleaning um, um, spray. I don't have all that is sitting out there. Now what do I do? I still have payroll. I still have this. And now you're coming to me because you're like, I need my help yesterday. And I'm like, mm. Angel, I tried to tell you a year ago, you need Damn this. It. Let's go. We didn't know. And then now. So the best time is usually when the thing is good and you, you don't need it or you might use it. You might need it, whatever. But at least it's there. Because it's not to mandatory have. to use it, right? Just like people, if you get a credit line, revolving line of credit, anything. You don't have to use it. I mean, a loan is a little bit different because you're getting the cash up front and then you got to, yeah. I mean, you can just give exactly. it back, but that, that makes yep. no sense. But yep. okay, gotcha. But and, and there is typically, there there is, okay, everybody, everybody forgets that a bank is not a nonprofit organization. We are for yeah. profit. Chick-fil-A didn't make its money by giving away chicken sandwiches, right? So there is to maintain that line of credit, keep it on our books, redo the the filings with the secretary of state to make sure that everybody's still in good standings. Like there's a cost. It's usually whether it's $50 a year on the anniversary or $99 a year on the anniversary, it just depends yeah. on the, on the product, but just know 
if it sits there, there is an annual fee that usually okay. occurs. Okay. But with everything just, going on, with that let's go around, back. But just last, question, last question for me. The, with the recession that we're yeah. in or, you know, things yeah. kind of, people are preparing. Mm -hmm. Is this still mm -hmm. a good time to, to ask for revolving line of credit uh, loans? Like, would you recommend them actually kind of, actually, you answered my question. Would you recommend them them getting it now before it fully, it fully hits and maybe you start losing some contracts so that you have mm -hmm. uh, credits I would, available? I would say, I would say that, um, what we learned from 2008 was, and that was the recession, right? A few years mm -hmm. back was um, unsecured line of credits by a business owner were the first to go into default because they ran away from those quickly. Um, an owner or to keep the household safe and solvent, like they would pay for the kids soccer program or gymnastics or to make the house seem like we're still functioning and they let those business line of credits go because they're like oh i gotta pay for this versus this and so um during these times i would say that we maybe wouldn't lend the whole cake right but we might do half of the cake piece of the pie and you know get you started in the right direction but somebody walks in and they want a five hundred thousand dollar line just because i want it the bank may go well we'll give you 250 versus the 500 just because of what the exposure does right and what that does okay. so we may have tightened our belts a little bit but we're still lending there's still business to be had people are still buying buildings people are still needing workflow capital you know yeah this is where the importance of knowing your banker having a relationship with them calling them ellie it's a rainy day i lost this contract let's talk through it and see what we can do and how we realign ourselves to make sure that your business keeps running or the other side of it right which i'm assuming is like hey ellie um there's a few businesses that i can tell are gonna go under can i afford to take some can you help me get some some cash so that i could go buy yeah. some right that could be a the opposite yeah, there's of it. where where there absolutely where there's um loss there's usually gains too right people mm -hmm. benefit from other people's hardship and then we're in a place where um people are selling their businesses because they don't want to go yeah. through a COVID again they don't want to you know they figured like i waited through that stress let me just let somebody else run with it so yeah but i like it because they may call me and go hey ellie what do you need and i i hear that looking, a lot looking at, my bank. Hey, looking at the hey, numbers ellie. here yeah and, uh... yeah exactly yeah 100 i do have one last question sorry james i know you have the actual last question um mm -hmm. why why did you decide to be a roundtable leader let me ask you that so like i know we we've been looking for it um and then obviously james told you a little bit about it and i know that mm -hmm. there was like mutual passion and excitement i could already tell you get super excited about this i just want to like sit with you and, and talk numbers yeah. but um why why do you want like doing events like these specifically uh cleaning profits like what why, why do you want to uh, participate um so uh, we were connected we were connected by a mutual friend of a friend type thing. One of my counterparts, uh, Jim Friedberg, works with someone that James knows and brought us together on what this would look like for the round table. And it fit um, your uh, outreach and demographics fit more of the wheelhouse that I'm in as the director of business banking. And so Jim thought, oh, let me introduce them to Ellie. And Ellie met James and that's how we're here. But why I like to do it and why I'm so passionate about what I do is because um, 
I am also the co-chair to our minority forum here at Vector Bank. I think that eyes wide open and everybody learned a lot during COVID and post George Floyd and um, diversity, equity and inclusion. And there's a lot of unknowns that are still out there that people don't have the resources or don't know how to get the resources. And so if I can be a voice of reason as a Latina female in this business banking world that is typically male driven and most specifically white male driven, I want to help pull along the folks that I can help and teach them and show them and, you know, give them the guidance of what it looks like to be able to play with the big dogs, right? And um, be at the same table and know that it's okay to have a voice in that table and grow your business and not feel like I can't do what he does. We are yeah. all in this together. And so um, that's why it, that's why I'm here for sure. I, I, I need to stop. There you go. I need to stop talking too. Gonna, cause now I'm, I'm wondering like, get emotional. What's the right word? Is there incentives for minority-owned businesses when it comes down to doing uh, relationships with banks like yours, like regional banks yeah. and stuff? And, like, there's actual programs so, for that? I didn't. I sound so programs. ignorant right now. No, there's actual programs and more programs that we have our hands on, depending on if it's like the micro business versus the more sophisticated business. Um, oftentimes, you feel like it's just checking the box because uh, the SBA program has. Uh, benefits also in funding if you're a minority-owned business, uh, BIPOC, right, or women-owned business or a veteran um, uh, business. And so that is showing kind of the credentials and some swim lanes may or may not open to you. But under, uh, under traditional lending guidelines, there are some opportunities where we'll allow for a larger, you know, debt service coverage, debt to income that maybe isn't down to the, what we would do in conventional. We may open up that floodgate a little more um, when it comes to having higher leverage and different things that we would get into depending on what they're looking for. So opportunity okay, is definitely I'm done. Sorry, sorry, hands. sorry. I'm done. But I know a lot of Gosh, people Angel's listening Angel's like taking over, like, James. I know. Angel's Woman taking owned over. Woman-owned spend. I, you know, I've been, I've, been like, I've been like having this weird itch about building the relationship with like a bank. And so that's why yeah. I, I know James got to talk to you like separately. That's why, that's yeah. why I think I kind of took over my bad, man. I didn't, you know. No, no, not it's at all. Good. No, it's I'm, nice. I, I, I love the energy. I, I love the passion and I, I can hear and feel the expertise. So mm -hmm. I just, I know I, I called Angel right away and I was like, we got our lady. So, oh, and, awesome. and we go back and forth with like round table leaders mm -hmm. all the time. Like we, we have them solidified mm -hmm. now, but mm -hmm. we should have had like a draft board. We were talking football before this of like round table leaders and speakers. It changed like 20 different times before we even like talk to And then we talked to people and was, Oh, maybe not, mm -hmm. maybe next time. So mm -hmm. we, we knew we had the right, right gal when we, when we spoke to you. So. I'm glad That's that awesome. you two connected. Thank you. Um, Thank all right. So we, we end the show on one note. Question roulette. It's uh, We have no idea what questions come out of this box. Anything okay. and everything. Super. Is are, it personal or business? Is it as it relates depends. or we just don't know? Okay. We, no it depends. It totally depends. So are you willing, are you willing to play? Yeah. It's, I, I wish I had like... The alcohol was like, can I drink if I need to? Or right. I, yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. It won't. It won't be like a never have I ever game. So it's okay. Okay, okay good. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. let's let's it, roll. It, let's roll the tape. We actually don't know. So far, the cool. questions have been pretty uh, nice, uh, okay. friendly, but we don't know. And once we ask a question on the show, we throw the card away. It never gets asked again. So okay, here Perfect. we well, go. Let's do this. 
James. Oh, no. This is so fitting. This is so fitting. Oh, my gosh. Have sound effects. Have sound effects ready. Let's see. This is so freaking fitting for you, Ellie. Because you're in the banking world. Because it's a professional question. No way. What are your thoughts on cryptocurrency? That is crazy. Asking a banker. Asking a banker your thoughts on cryptocurrency. I love this. It's so interesting because I think in the banking world, we're still learning a lot. The insurance is not there behind it. It's a scary, volatile place to be, but we do have to keep up with the world around us also. Um, I learned quite a bit from my my son. He's 23 years old. My daughter, they're in that um, millennial or... or uh, what's Gen Z world. And so that's kind of the future of what they think is supposed to happen. Um, Conventionally, I think that we will, maybe there'll be a mix going into the future. I think there's a lot to learn. I think the risks are the risks, the highs are the highs and the lows are the lows. I think with anything that you're going to invest in, speak to a financial advisor and what that looks like and take a look at what your risk appetite is. I don't think, I think that maybe the younger generation that has the future ahead of them, um, maybe they can take the higher risk. Um, my generation may be a little bit more conservative and then the next generation of our parents will be even more conservative because they have a lot more to lose on that back end, right? And to pay your bills. So don't put all your eggs in one basket ever in anything. Diversify and um, learn. Don't get caught in fraud. There's a lot of fraud behind it. Um, just just make sure you know who you're working with, what you're investing in and um be safe out there. Fraud is high. That's another thing that we could probably spend the next hour talking about. But 100%. again, technology and with AI and what's happening and the hacking of your systems as a business owner and you know your 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 office manager thinking that she got the invoice from the guy that you just did the contract on, she pays it and then their system got hacked and now you're out several mm-hmm. hundred thousand dollars or whatever that looks like. Like Technology and firewalls and um, security is definitely another Oprah to talk about. Another Ellie. Make me wonder. Make me wonder if I should like. Should we invest in like stocks for IT and security companies? I have a feeling like my friend. This is like trading. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't talk about. Hey, 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 hey. what's what's going on (laughs) here? Just kidding. That's a that's a hey Ellie. Hey Ellie. Hey Ellie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm starting. I have this money in my bank. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, honestly, Ellie. We're super excited to have you in the event. Um, as you guys can tell, full of information. And I know for a fact that if I put you in a room in front of a, a CEO that makes $100 million, $50 million, $1 million, $500,000, you'll be able to uh, hold your own, have conversations, and provide value regardless. And like you said, Vectra um, Bank is Colorado, but you guys have sister companies everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you guys are basically like you can cover them anywhere. So anybody going? You guys should be able to be covered by their sister company. So um, Ellie can make an introduction. Once again, Ellie, thank you so much for being in the Profitable Cleaner. We feel honored. We feel blessed. I definitely took over with the questions, but James asked the beautiful, beautiful questions throughout. We're super excited to have you, and we'll see you in September. Thank you. Me alegro en conocerlos. Adios. We'll see you in September. Nos vemos. There you go.